So good afternoon. My name is Angela Russell. Wow. That's great. Um, <laughs> I'm the Vice President of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion at CUNA Mutual Group. What, what? CUNA Mutual is represented in the house. And I'm also a member of YWCA Madison's Racial Justice Committee. And CUNA Mutual is proud to be the presenting sponsor of the Racial Justice Summit this year. So, yes, it's awesome. And so before I get into the introductory remarks, I want to just say once again, can we just give a round of applause for Colleen because this would not be happening if it were not for her work. And I had a little conversation with, after, uh, with Colleen after um, Dr. Love spoke this morning. And it's like she's virtually saying at the, with um, Dr. Love being here at Colleen's last conference, like, you're welcome. <laughs> so thanks again. And I just wanted to talk a little bit very briefly about the impact that this summit has had on CUNA Mutual Group. Um, every year we, are a, we have a diversity uh, inclusion learning series at CUNA Mutual Group. And the ideas that we get for our diversity and, learning, uh, and inclusion learning series come directly from this conference. So we've had Pillsbury Theater. We've had Renee Myers, who is now the inclusion director for Netflix. We've had Giassi Ross. Well, we're going to have Giassi Ross and a whole variety of other folks, and it's all because of CUNA Mutual. So this summit sets in motion so many things to happen in other organizations as well. So thanks again, Colleen. So it is my pleasure and honor to introduce Renee McNeil. Renee McNeil is an award-winning international and inspirational speaker, lecturer, performing artist, acclaimed vocalist, and oral her historian, visual artist, storyteller, performing art poet, cultural activist, and minister. She has toured extensively throughout the United States and the world. Renee serves as an honorary board member of the National Sexual Assault Resource Center, and she has served as a cultural ambassador in the performing arts in Russia under the special invitation of the Russian Ministry of Culture, sponsored by the International Arts Institute. She's also a cutting-edge thought leader, garnering national and international recognition for her work. Her acclaimed, award-winning, one-woman plays center on the diversity of women's lives and have been featured nationally and internationally as testimonies to the endurance of, wisdom, of women across social locations. Maybe that women's wisdom was a Freudian slip a little bit. She also has used her storytelling to educate children and adults through her wonderful lessons of empowerment by conveying African, African-American, Afro-Indigenous tales and diverse world stories. Renee is a visual artist who uses her art to address social injustices. Her Weeping Blood art exhibit on violence against women has been featured at the International Conference for the Institute on Violence, Abuse, and Trauma. Renee is a powerful speaker and artist with a profound eye for the universal endurance of the human experience. Communities have been transformed by her presence. Please help me welcome um, Renee McNeil for her performance.
quadroons, and octroons as white. On the other hand, Miles, Miles explains the blood quantum ratio method of defining Native Americans was developed by white policymakers in the 19th century. It holds that a person can only be Indian if she or he demonstrates a particular ratio of Native forebears to non-Native forebears. Because it was difficult for some Native people to meet the criteria due to intermarriage in their families, there were fewer Indians whom federal and state officials had to recognize as having rightful claims to their homelands and to the political sovereignty and to their political sovereignty as tribal nations. This historical onslaught of blood laws have had far-reaching implications for black Native women and have helped to firmly maintain systemic white supremacy, racialization, racism, settler colonialism, and gender violence. But we are still here. We are still here actively resisting. We have participated in social justice movements in both African American and indigenous nations such as Black Power and Red Power movements, Black Lives Matter and Standing Rock. We are still here, defining racial connotations that it is impossible to be Black and Native. Our oral stories bear witness to our existence as we continue to actively defy rigid racial laws, rigid racial lines, colonialism, gender violence, and even at times, rejection by our own communities, our own relations. These are our oral stories, uncut and uncensored from the bed of erasure. These are the stories of our grandmothers, mothers, sisters, and daughters. All we have is our stories across generations. I gift them to you. Are you ready to come on this journey with me? Are you ready? Are you ready to come on this journey of Afro-Indigenous women? We are still here. Little Sally Walker walking down the street. She didn't know what to do, so she jumped in front of me. She said, gone girl, shake that thing, shake that thing and stop. Gone girl, shake that thing, shake that thing and stop. Little Sally Walker walking down the street. She didn't know what to do, so she walked in front of me. She said, gone girl, shake that thing, shake that thing and stop. Gone girl, shake that thing, shake that thing and stop. Hi. How y'all doing today? My name is Nene, and I'm glad to be here. Uh, uh, Renee, she said she's bringing me to this conference, and, and I really wasn't sure about it because I didn't want a whole bunch of people looking at me. But then when she told me what it was about, I was like, okay, okay. Y'all like my dad? I know she looks just like me, don't she? I know all black Native girls are beautiful. You don't have to tell me, because, see, you know what? My grandma, who I call Mama, she black and Choctaw, and she tell me all the time, 
she tell me how beautiful I am, and she tell me how I should be proud. And guess what? Guess what mama said? Mama always say, a chuck my hook. You know what that means? It is good. <laughs> and so my grandmama, I asked her, I say, grandmama, I say, mama, you believe in black girl magic? Mama said, black girl magic? She said, I not only believe in black girl magic, but she said, I believe in native girl magic too. And guess what? I believe in black native girl magic. So she tell me and she look at me and she say, that means you double magical. <laughs> but you know what? You know what, y'all? My grandmama, she get really mad. Sometimes mama, she be looking at the TV and she get real mad. My mama would throw her house shoe at the TV. She don't like cowboys and Indians. She don't like it at all. Because we be sitting and we be looking at the TV. And I said, Mama, I said, what's going on? She said, I'm so tired. She said, I'm so tired of this. And so Mama, she get real mad. And she stand up. And she said, how somebody going to kill somebody for fighting for their homelands? I said, Mama. She said, yeah. She said, I'm tired of this. And that's when Mama, she get real mad. Because she said killing somebody ain't entertainment. So when Mama get mad, I get mad. So Mama threw her house shoe at the TV, but I threw my tennis shoe at the TV and, ooh, it broke the screen. <laughs> but that's okay, because Mama was like, well, we'll be looking at another TV. <laughs> now Mama, she, I love her, because she always telling me about, like, how I should be proud. And sometimes me and her, we cover up together, and she put an auntie around me. That means quilt and shock talk. And she tell me, just remember, i always be with you. And no matter what somebody say about you, you got to know who you are. She said, you got to know who you are. And I said, I know, Mama. And Mama, sometimes she get real mad. She get real mad, too, when she sees slavery movies about African Americans. Yeah, Mama will get real mad because she said, she said, listen, she said she used this big word. She used this big word. It's called innovate. You know what I'm saying? Innovative. Is that how you say innovative? Innovative. That's what she said. She said black people are the most innovative people in the whole wide world and so she said to me she said look at all the ways they escape she said we can't never be contained that's what she said that's what that's what she said and it gets me excited because I she makes me proud to be me and when I'm at the school the other day the teacher the teacher she teach about Columbus discover America and so I remember what my mama said and I raised my hand and the teacher, she called on me, and I said, how Columbus going to discover America when we was already here? And so my teacher looked at me, and she said, what you mean? You were already here. And I said, hmm. I said, I'm black and Choctaw. And my teacher said to me, she said, you need to quit lying. You black. And I said, you need to quit lying. I said, I know I'm black and I'm proud of that, but I'm also proud to be Choctaw. 
And I said, Columbus didn't come to a new world. He came to a very old one. And plus, we found him and his crazy relatives and had to feed them too. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just saying, my mama, she make me proud to be who I am. And she tell me words. And she put words in my spirit. And just what she said to me, she said, if you can remember just some of your words, some of the words of your language, she said, the other ones, they come back to you. Sometimes they might come back to you into dreams, but they're always going to come back, and they're always going to be with you. My mama, she make me real, real proud. And sometimes when we walking and mama talking, mama get real sad sometimes, and tears begin to roll down her eyes. And she tell me stories about how her grandma was put put in a missionary school and how her grandmama, her hair was cut and she couldn't speak her language. She couldn't speak it at all. Mama said, you got to remember all of you. That's how you're going to honor us. She said, by remember all of us. Mama makes me really proud. Guess what I named my, guess what I named my dad after? Guess what I named her after? How many of y'all in here know Harriet Tubman? I bet you, I know something y'all don't know about Harriet Tubman. She kept a gun in her boobies. <laughs> she did. She did. And if somebody didn't want to come, she would pull it on them too. <laughs> she did. So one time this boy in my school, <laughs> he was talking to me, and he called me a nappy-headed Indian. That's what he called me. And so... Well, I didn't have a gun like Harriet, but she said something else that I really liked because Harriet didn't play. So I grabbed him and pushed him down, and I put my foot on his chest, and I told him, you have a right to two things, liberty or death. <laughs> Choose one or the other. Because, <laughs> y'all, I got black native girl magic. I got double magic. And I lived with my mama for a long time, and she taught me a lot, a lot of things. And when she would go and pick her plants, she would pick them from medicine. And she would take some tobacco and she would drop it in the earth. Because she said, we're always supposed to give thanks. Thanks to Mother Earth. We're always supposed to give thanks. And she'd take some of the seed. She'd take it off of the plant she took. And she put it around that plant to give back to the earth. My mama is the smartest woman I know. She really is. So when she walked home, I was real, real sad. Because Mama, she teach me to be proud that I got black native girl magic. And can't no one take that away. And after she walked home, I stayed with my aunt and uncle. And one night when I go to sleep, it's like I can smell the same perfume that my mama put on. And I, I look up. There my mama standing. She looking straight at me. And I look straight at her. And she covered me up real tight with that auntie. And she whispered in my ear. And she said, A chug my hope. She said, It is good. And she said, Don't you ever, ever forget who you are. And that's why I love my mama. And that's all I came to say. Bye.
Aretha Franklin, R-E-S-B-E-C-T, and find out what it means to me. And I'm thinking about what it means to be Wampanoag, an African-American, and how deep it is. And I'm thinking about how deep it is to be Wampanoag, African-American, and a woman, which y'all leads me to my story. But can I get somebody to say R-E-S-B-E-C-T? R-E-S-B-E-C-T. Find out what it means to me. Because this is deep, y'all. This is deep like genocide and the Middle Passage. This is deep about why 
as a Wampanoag, an African-American woman, I cannot be safe in my own skin. And this is deep because one day after powwow, I am walking to my friend's house. It is evening and it is close to the powwow ground. And I am walking and I am feeling good because for that powwow, an elder made me a beautiful dress. I am proud because another elder did my hair and put beautiful cornrows down my whole head. I am proud. And I am walking. I am walking and it is a dusty road when car, a car is going by, so I thought. And there are four men in that car, four white men. And they yell, hey, hey, hey. And I just keep on walking. They say, hey, you, hey, you. And I just keep on walking. And I look straight ahead. And I say, what we got here, what we got here. And they stop. And I start moving quicker and quicker and quicker. Because it is not safe in Turtle Island. What we call Turtle Island and you call the United States. It is not safe. For a woman who is black and indigenous. And so I walk faster. And they said, what we got here? A nigga squat? And so I move back. Because next to me are cornfields. And I think to myself, it won't be the first time that my grandmothers and mothers have had to run. And I am thinking, I am thinking, what do I do now? And they say, yeah, we got here a nigger squaw. That's what we got, a nigger squaw. And I am moving back and back. And they are moving closer. And I break out in a dead run. And I run straight through the cornfield. And I am running and I am planning prayers. I am running and I can hear them behind me. And they say, nigger squaw, nigger squaw, nigger squaw. And I am running as fast as I can until they surround me. And I cannot move to the north, the south, the east, or the west. And they say, yeah, we got us a nigger squaw. And all I know to do is to fight. Is to fight. And they begin to grab me. And I begin to fight with all of my might. And they rip, they rip my dress that my elder made for me. And I begin to fight with all of my might. I say, no, no, no. But they don't stop. They don't stop until they rip it into pieces. They don't stop. And I am screaming, no. No. And they hold my mouth at my face. And one after the other, they rape me. One after the other. And I am crying. 
my face. I can see it. When they leave, I can hear them talking and laughing. And I cannot move. And I feel my spirit. I feel it like it's leaving my body. They left me for dead. And in my mind, I know that there will be no search party. There will be no search party because black and native women don't get search parties. And I will be another disappeared black and native woman. And I feel it's going to be my last. And I remember closing my eyes. And then I feel something on my head. And I hear a song. A song in Wampanoag. And when I open my eyes, there's an elder there. An elder I never seen before. And she begins to recite the history of Wampanoag women. And she begins to recite the history of African American women. And she picks up my body. And I just remember a movement. And she said, here, lay here. And when I lay, I realized she's a spirit being, an ancestor. And she lays me on the land of my people. And she says, here is the place you are of. Not the place you're from. The place you are of. Not the land. And I see a gathering of Native and African American women walking around me. I could hear their feet. And I heard these African American women saying, You can kill my body, but you cannot take my soul. And I heard the Native women. They were moving and I could hear their feet. And the low sound of a song. And when I woke up, I was in the hospital. Don't know how I got there. According to hospital staff, I was left at the door of the hospital. But in my heart, I know this. My ancestors came back. They came back for me. 
see, I am African-American, and I am Wampanoag. And as I sat up in my bed, I realized I will not be silent. So when Renee asked me to come here today, and I told her they're not ready, but this is the truth. Black and Native women are not safe. They are not safe. The sanctity and the holiness and the humanity of their bodies are not safe. I come from generations of women who have been raped, molested, and left for dead. But yet, we are still. We are still here. And if you are out there, if you are out there and you have experienced psycho, psychic, physical, mental, spiritual violence, whatever the case may be, the fact that you're sitting there means that you too are still here and your purpose is not over. We are the Wampanoag to the African American. We are still here. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Find out what it really Good afternoon. <laughs> My name is Miss Faith. I've been on this earth <laughs> for 80 years. <laughs> I've seen a lot of things. I'm a black Seminole. Renee said she wanted me here in this place, so I said, okay. <laughs> I'll come, but I told her I couldn't stand too long. But I wanted to say this. I've been thinking, thinking about freedom, <laughs> thinking about my people and what I could share. Renee said, share anything you want. And I want to say this to you. Well, the black Seminole, we fought from Florida, removed to Oklahoma, Texas, and to Mexico. We was in the removal, the Indian removal. We was enslaved and we was runaway slave. 
Let me tell you something about a black seminar. Freedom was inside of us. We fight and die before we be enslaved. All the way to Mexico we went. A lot of us. I got a quip being passed down in my family. Generation after generation. Each piece of that quip is made of clothes and cloths of the different women in my family. One piece made of when one of my grandmother fled and one of the slave catchers she was fighting for her child and the only thing she could pull was a piece of that baby's dress. Black Seminoles have lived with a lot. One was a piece of cloth for one of the mothers in the community who had a baby in the back of a car. But they wouldn't let her in the White Hospital. One is a one of my mothers who fought beside black similar men for our freedom. Black similar women don't know nothing about being weak. They don't know nothing about this stuff, about a woman can't do this, a woman can't do that, a woman shouldn't do this here, a woman was supposed to be here. A woman's place where she chooses to be. I went to Mexico, to the hills. The mothers and the grandmothers were gathered in the hills. And we call it, we catch dreams. And then we read them. I was up in the hills praying with them, and a dream came to me. And it was a woman. She spoke Afro seminar. <laughs> hey, the way the old one did. And she tell me, go back to the old ways. She tell me, gather the women in the community and the girls. And bring them around a quilt like the old ones used to do. And they make those quilts together. And they bring different material from different ones. And they tell the stories. Let me tell you something. All a person got is their stories. Standing in the truth of who they are. And when I came out of that dream. I knew that was what I was supposed to do. The answer is to say, teach them about freedom. A lot of talk nowadays about a lot of things. But let me tell you something. Each and every last person in this room was born. Born to be free. And should stay free. Freedom is worth fighting for. And I tell you something today. Freedom. It's worth dying for. If a person cannot hold up their head and hold on to their humanity, what can they do? I come here today, 80 years of age, 80 years strong. <laughs> That's what I call it. Still saying, 
The black Seminole ain't went nowhere. <laughs> we still here. Fighting for freedom. Standing for freedom. And I hope to meet you on freedom's way. Teach your children about freedom. It's good to know about freedom. Y'all have a good day, you hear? A good day. Warm greetings, beloved community. When I was preparing this play, I thought, what can I say to get those who do not know the power of black Native women and our stories, that they are sacred? What can I say? And as I was sitting there preparing, there was a woman who appeared to me. And she looked at me. And she said, she said, Renee, she said, be healed. Be healed. She said, come to the water and be, be healed. And I looked at her and I didn't know what she meant. And she said, come. And we walked through a wall. And we stood by the water. And she said, be healed. She said, be healed. Come to the water. And be seen a line of women and she kept on saying be healed and they were walking towards the water be healed come to the water and be be healed they were red black women they were native women they were African-American women. And she kept on saying, be healed. Be healed. Come to the water, Renee, and be, be healed. And I said, I'm afraid. I'm afraid. And I said, I am a survivor of pencil genocide. I am a survivor of heartbreak. I am a survivor of shame and rejection. I am a survivor of violence. I am a survivor of sexual assault. I am a survivor of pain and trauma. And the elder said, be healed. She said, be healed. Come, come to the water and be 
I'm afraid. And she said, be healed. Because this is deeper than you. She said, be healed. Come to the water. And when I jumped into the water, the blood of the earth, I went deep down and I can hear her voice, be healed. And in it, I see my true reflection, a woman of power, a woman of grace, a woman pregnant with the stories of people. And when I came up, when I came up out of the water, I felt renewed and restored. I heard music. I heard music. I'm going home, going home. North Carolina is crying in my soul. Creator, I'm reaching out to
Thank you, and I just want to say this um, to you. May your road always be sweet. May you always listen to the drumbeat of your heart. May you know kindness and goodness. May it greet you everywhere you go. May you and your families be blessed in your communities. May you always stand on Mother Earth and do what's right. May you honor all relationships and kinships by honoring the sacred in each and every person. And may you always know the beauty of your purpose and what you came to Earth to do. Blessings and much love. Thank you so much, Renee. That was really beautiful and a beautiful way for us to close out our 2018 Racial Justice Summit. Um, as you've heard, I'm Colleen, and I am going to be, this is going to be my last Racial Justice Summit, and so this is my last moment with you all uh, in this role. So I just wanted to take just a minute to say um, thank you to you all. Thank you to the YWCA Madison. Special thanks to uh, Vanessa. Um, words really can't describe how um, 
humbling and proud I am to be a, a part of this organization, and I hope I stay, um, plan to stay connected. I also want to say thank you to Libby Tucci, who uh, people like to give me a lot of credit for this event, but Libby Tucci is a boss woman who makes all of this happen, so thank you, Libby Tucci. <laughs> Um, also, big thanks to Jerry. Um, I really can't express how excited I am that she's going to be moving into the uh, position of racial justice director at YWCA Madison. Um, also want to say thanks to Jay Young, uh, Maggie Porter-Kratz, and Aaron Farrar for making this event uh, happen and for being an amazing part of the team um, that pulls together all of the YWCA events and uh, makes everything uh, look pretty. And so um, big thanks to all of them. And just I was trying to make a list of all the people I had to thank, and I'm like, I'm gonna, I, there's so many people to, to thank, but um, special thanks just to the whole YWCA family. I, I can't really express how lucky I feel to have been a big part of that team and um, blessed to have worked with everybody on that team. So if you got a chance to work with folks from the YWCA, I highly recommend it. They are great. <laughs> um, also want to say thanks to the Racial Justice Committee um, this job and this summit and the relationships that I've uh, built throughout these 18 years have really been the greatest gift of my life. So thank you all for being here, being part of this, and uh, supporting the Racial Justice Summit and the YWCA and the work going forward. So take care. If this is your, your first time here, I hope you had a great time, and I hope you build some great relationships. And if you are going to an institute, they will be starting around 2 o'clock. But otherwise, uh, enjoy this very strange, beautiful October day. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs>